You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. I am excited. And the reason I'm excited is because, one, it is basketball season again. But number two, I went to my first NBA game in almost two years. I went to the Dallas Mavericks versus Utah Jazz game last night. And I'm, I'm recording this. On a Thursday morning, but I went to the game last night, and it was my first time in almost two years going to an NBA game. It felt good to be back in the arena. It just felt good to feel like life is kind of getting back to normal. I mean, I know you know with everything that's going on in the world, and 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 the numbers don't necessarily indicate we're getting back to normal. But yeah, I mean, just overall, just like I said, it felt good to get into the the arena see old faces that i hadn't seen in a while and just feel the overall vibe is what the young kids say of of um just being a live basketball game and uh jared butler looked good the utah jazz got a really really good steal there he had 22 points four assists i think he was three for seven from three and he just looks like that he belongs and i mean Utah Jazz may have gotten. I mean, one, I think they gotten they got better anyway. But adding Butler gives them the backup point guard that I think that they've been missing for a while. But before I go too far into this episode, I wanted to thank each and every listener for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of every day. We are free and available on every platform, and I mean it just means a lot to me for. You know, just the, everybody that listens to my podcast, I've had different people come up to me in public and tell me they listen to the podcast, they agree with some of the things I said, they disagree, but either way, just the fact that people are listening, especially right now. I mean, right now it's kind of like an off-season for the NBA draft, so if you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft at this point in time in October, then you are definitely an NBA draft junkie because this is not the time where the casual fan is is checking out the NBA draft. I mean, they're probably just deep into football season or, or you know, just excited about the beginning of basketball season because college basketball hasn't started yet, and unless you're into, like, European basketball. But either way, thank you for listening. Actually... I was just talking to my fiance about it, and the thing about the podcast is you don't really know who your listener is. I can't necessarily interact with my listeners, so I wanted to figure out a way to interact with whoever has been listening. So if you follow me on Instagram, you can follow my personal page, and it's R Barlow B-A-R-L-O-W-E. And if you can just shoot me a message saying, hey, I listened to Locked On NBA Draft, um, and then I, I'll reach out. And maybe I can send you a, a T-shirt. I plan on getting some T-shirts made. So I would love to interact with, the, like I said, just a few of the, the listeners because you guys have, have been great. I mean, I see, like, the numbers, and the numbers are, are doing well, in my opinion. So thank you for listening, and thank you for just listening to Locked On overall. 
All right, so this episode is um, there's a few topics that I wanted to discuss. Uh, number one, speaking of Jared Butler, I actually went to Baylor's first practice on Monday. Yeah, I mean, my days are starting to just run into Jeff. But on Monday, it was their first official practice. If you've ever had a chance to meet Baylor's basketball coach, he is the absolute nicest human being <laughs> that I've ever met. And I had met him before, and it's Coach Scott Drew. I've, you know, I've, I've met him before, and um, I, I went up there with, with, with a friend of mine just to watch the practice. And, I mean, he is, like, genuinely the nicest human being I've ever met. So I, I text one of my friends who played for Baylor, and um, I said, is, is Coach Drew always this nice? And his response was, yep. So the guy who I was, I was with. I said, "Man, is, is is he always this nice?" And he said, "Man, always, always nice, always full of energy." So then the the third confirmation was I, I talked to the the mom of of one of their top recruits, and I was just telling her that you know I was at Baylor, yada yada yada, and her first response was. Coach Drew is the nicest human being I've ever met in my life. And I was like, okay, that confirmed it. I mean, that's just three different people that talked about how nice he was. So thank you to Coach Drew for, for giving me access to come to the practice. And at the practice, I, I just wanted to see Matthew Mayer. And I wanted to get a close-up of Kendall Brown. And based off of what I saw, I, I think that – I mean, Kendall Brown was a little – banged up I think it may have been just like bumping knees he may have did that in pickup basketball whatever but he looked really really good I mean he is an intriguing prospect a freak athlete he's listed at 6'8 just super explosive and I mean in my opinion if he was a little banged up and the way he was moving around and bouncing around the floor I mean he's he is like in a tier of his own as, as far as athleticism. Um, but in my notes, I have he's an exceptional vertical athlete. He has the ideal positional size for today's NBA. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit. Plays with energy. That's one of the things I liked, even though it was, it was a practice. He probably doesn't know me from a can of paint and didn't know if I was an NBA scout or just a fan or whatever. But... He just played with so much energy, and to me, that is him. That That is his character. That is who he is. I think that he has the ability to be a switchy defender, should be able to defend one through three, maybe even one through four as he gets stronger. And uh, what I did notice is that he shows some, some pretty good passing instincts. There's one particular play in mind where he made like a left-handed live dribble skip pass so I'm really interested in seeing uh, Kendall Brown this year. I know I've seen him mocked as a mid-first rounder in some mock drafts. And I think that he is someone that, you know, with, with a strong year, could be in that lottery range. And then Matthew Mayer, I mean, he's was on the team last year. Good shooter. Flirted with the draft um, this, this past summer. I think he made the right choice of, of coming back. And he is... Uh, one of the, the the better returning players in um, all of college basketball. He is listed at 6'9", strong frame at about 225 pounds. Um, just was stuck in a situation last year where he 
was on the team that won the national championship, so there was not a lot of minutes for him. But he averaged eight points per game, shot around 49% from the floor, around a little under 40% from three, averaged about three and a half rebounds and assists. I only played 15.7 minutes per game, so he didn't really get the opportunity to showcase his full skill set, which, you know, happens when you're on the a national championship team. So I think everybody had to sacrifice it. And you're even seeing it now with Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler. Even though they put up good numbers, I'm sure they had to sacrifice. And, and um, you know, just for, for the better part, for just for the good of the team, which they were successful. Now the, the one downside on Mayer is throughout his three-year career at Baylor, even though it hasn't been a large sample size, he just not has been good at the free throw line. Only shot 59% last year. His best year was 69% as a sophomore. But he's someone that I definitely will be paying a lot of attention to this year. I think that he has the the size and the skill set. And he's also a pretty good athlete. But he may be able to play some four and some three. And even if you want to use him as a, a spot-up shooter, he can probably play some, too. Uh, but, I mean, I think right now and with today's NBA, I think his versatility allows him to play on the wing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just the way he handled the ball in practice, it seems like that he's added that to his game. I know he already had it a little bit, but it seems like he's much improved off the dribble. With his shooting, and if he's able to shoot 39% from the floor this year, Teams are going to be keying on him, and if he's able to attack closeouts and get to the rack, I mean, I think that's going to add more, uh, I guess, help his draft stock even more. I talked to an, an agent who represents a player that played against Mayer in the, the Big 12 over the last few years, and the, the player is convinced that Mayer is a first-round talent. He swears up and down by it that he's definitely someone that should be selected in the first round. And he just really hasn't been able to showcase everything that he brings to the table because Baylor's been so good. So that is something that I'll definitely be looking out for. All right, when we return, I have a few other things that I want to talk about, especially, most notably, Amani Bates and the Memphis Pro Day. I know that has been discussed all over social media. All right, when we return, I talk about Imani Bates and the players at Memphis. All right, if you enjoy fantasy basketball like I do, then you know that there were ways to win. I used to, I wouldn't call it cheat, but I used to find a way to beat the system because I always kept a flexible roster spot of a guy that I knew that I could cut and I could replace him every day with a new player so that way I could win because I had more games. Well in 2018 the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based off of whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020 Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Gang Pick and it is only available at Sleeper. In Gang Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, which ensures an even number of games played between opponents. The days of losing, or in my case winning, because players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week, are over. The days of mindless daily busy work, over. 
the days of giving up halfway through the season because of all that busy work, over. In game picks, you pick one player per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive rating or ranking, pace of play, and more. All of that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. So whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, game picks has you covered. Sleeper, crack the fantasy basketball code. And if you play fantasy football, and if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. So download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Sleeper's one-of-a-kind gang pick is the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry. Quick question. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you watch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're also trying to watch sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. But I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of all the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Of course, you have to have a compatible device. All right, you are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. And once again, just thank you for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. I think it's so cool that people are getting up in the morning and they're in their cars on their way to work or whatever, and they're just listening to Locked On NBA Draft, whether it's me, whether it's Mavs Draft, Richard Stamen, or the guys from NBA Draft Dummies, I really appreciate it. All right, so let's talk about Imani Bates in the Memphis Pro Day. So if you are on Twitter, and I mean the whole NBA Draft Twitter is is like a community of its own. And so there was a pro day yesterday at University of Memphis, which is starting to become more common now that these colleges that feel like they have quite a few NBA prospects are having a pro day where they're inviting NBA scouts, where they're showing like the measurements and scouts are getting their, in some cases, their first look to check out a few guys in person, watch them practice, and they probably... I mean, I imagine it's, I haven't actually been to a college team pro day, but I imagine it's similar to the NBA draft pro day where you're just putting guys through a bunch of drills that showcase their strength. So if a guy is athletic, then you're going to see a bunch of, you know, plays of him doing dribble moves and jumping up to the moon and and showing how athletic he is. If a guy's a shooter, they're going to put him in position to just show how, how well he shoots. And so Memphis had this pro day, an overtime elite, which I may have time to talk about that this episode. They may have a pro day. So anyway, Memphis had this pro day and they put out some of the numbers and measurements. And the big talk was Imani Bates, who, I mean, just listen to these measurements. 6'9", 190 pounds. 
six seven and one fourth wingspan had an eight and one fourth hand width eight and one fourth hand length 24 and a half inch vertical 31 and a half approach vertical and i mean i'll just stop right there so if he if, if if these numbers are legit, which I assume they are, but you never know because I mean we did see Sharif Cooper measure out at like was it like six three or something like that, but which we, we ended up finding out was was a mistake. But if these measurements are accurate, Bates would have the shortest wingspan of any player six nine or taller in the entire NBA combine database. So I I mean, I've watched Imani play once. I never, like, really took a look and paid attention or noticed that he had a negative wingspan. But this is shocking. And it's not even the most shocking stat to me or, or most shocking number on this this list. He A 24-and-a-half-inch vertical? I mean, I don't want to knock the kid, but I got more bounce than 24-and-a-half inches, especially... You know, in my younger days, I mean, I, I I was getting like 30-something, maybe 36. But 24-and-a-half-inch vert is, I don't even know what to say about that. So, but it's, let's put it like this. He's not going to, based off these, these numbers, he did not measure well. And I've seen people talking about what's going to affect his draft stock. I mean, the kid hasn't played a game yet. But these... Numbers in a league that is so, you know, driven by numbers or, or, you know, for example, like the Orlando Magic love length. So you can say the same thing about the Milwaukee Bucks, even though like they're, you know, the Bucks' former general manager or former decision maker is now with, with Orlando. But you, you got to wonder if there's some teams that really put emphasis on hand size and, and length how they feel about Bates. Now, he hasn't played a game yet. He's not even draft eligible until 2023. So he has plenty of time to up his stock. And to me, it probably won't really matter too much if he's putting the ball in the basket and, and scoring at a high rate. But the numbers are very interesting. That that At the very least, the numbers are very interesting to see someone with a negative wingspan. I haven't really... I don't really see too many guys with negative wingspans. Unless they're... I mean, I've seen, like, some of the European prospects that have negative wingspans. But, you know, ESPN did or say that he had a pretty good pro day. He showed some advanced scoring and playmaking ability. But at this point, no matter how well he did at the combine or whatever, everybody's going to talk about the the wingspan. Now, his teammate, Jalen Duran, is pretty much the opposite in a sense because he measured out at 6'11", 250. I mean, this is a, a grown man, <laughs> and he's supposed to be in high school. Grown man, 6'11", 250 with a 7'5", wingspan. 7'5", wingspan. I mean, his arms could probably stretch across the Mississippi where he could be in Memphis and he could reach Arkansas and Mississippi if he stands in the right spot with that wingspan. But yeah, 7'5 wingspan, 30-inch vert. He passes the eye test as far as the measurables. And, I mean, it looks like he, I don't want to say he played well at, at the pro day because everybody does well at pro days. I mean, I haven't really seen 
someone do bad because they're basically designed and set up for guys to showcase what their what their greatest strengths are. And then also they posted that Chandler Lawson. Now this has to be a typo. Six seven with a seven seven wingspan. Like how how is that possible? Like Duke can tie a shoe standing straight up without bending over. So curious to see how how accurate that is. So yeah, as far as like Imani Bates and um I just wonder, like, is it going to affect his draft stock? Are there teams out there that are just so adamant about, you know, size and length that they just say, you know what, no matter how well he plays, he's not going to be a good finisher at the rim. He's not going to be a plus defender because his hands are smart. I have a friend that's a, a former NBA scout turned agent, and that's his thing hand size like he talks about hand size all the time that's just one of the things that he looks for the most one of the first measurements he looks out for and I also remember Phil Jackson made a comment about hand size and I think it was in, in I think he was referring to Shane Larkin and he made a comment somewhere and I could be wrong don't don't quote me on this but it was something along the lines of Shane Larkin's hands were too small and that's why he didn't think that he would be, you know, uh, an effective NBA player or something along the lines like that. So, yeah. So, with, with Imani Bates' his hand size, and I want to say someone else also mentioned that for his size, it's like the smallest hand size in the NBA draft database. So, that is something to look out for. But we still have a couple more years before we end up, um, you know, seeing Imani Bates in, you know, in the NBA draft. All right, when we return, I have a few more things that I want to discuss. And then I'll talk about a few of the rookies that have looked good. I mean, I know it's preseason. I don't want to, you know, get too far ahead of myself and count the chickens. But I just want to talk about a few of the rookies that have looked good so far in preseason. All right, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, which I hope that you have, but if not, and you're a new listener, then I have to tell you about Built Bar. You guys that have been listening know how I feel about Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market, and it's the best tasting because it tastes just like a candy bar. It has a lot of different flavors. There's something for everyone. So when you talk about a person like myself that's a Built Bar fan, we love to talk about our favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, there's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies, and cream. The reason I love it is because, like I said, it is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It has 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calories are ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 or 5 grams net carbs. It's amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today. You can get your grasshopper cookie or your raspberry, whatever you like. And Built Bar was the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, I'm back. Hopefully I didn't say Summer League in the last segment. You know, I'm like, I'm recording this and obviously I can't go back and, and, and listen to it. So hopefully I didn't say Summer League. I meant preseason. But yeah, let's get right into it. Josh Giddy looked I mean, he was impressive in his first preseason game. He looked a little bit more shiftier. I mean, it looked as if the NBA spacing is going to allow him to just be a problem, for lack of a better term. 
And I'm on record of mentioning that I did not think there was much of a difference if you watch the film between LaMelo's season in Australia and Josh Giddey's season. And LaMelo was a better player in the NBA than he was in Australia. And small sample size. Preseason game against the actual Hornets. But Josh Giddey, was, he was impressive. 18 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. The highlight was a live dribble left hand skip pass and uh but yeah i mean you have to be excited about pokashevsky and giddy in oklahoma city uh bj boston also had a pretty good game yesterday or or he had a pretty good debut i and i'll i'll live on this hill until i get pushed off i do not understand why the media and nba draft people outside of myself, gave Zaire Williams the benefit of the doubt Why B.J. Boston didn't. And I will say it again. B.J. Boston is not 40-something slots below Zaire Williams. Zaire Williams was the top 10 pick. B.J. Boston fell to, I want to say, like 51 or something like that. And there's not that big of a gap between them. And I think we're going to see it here Again, for the life of me, I don't understand why one was given the benefit of the doubt for a slow freshman season and the other wasn't. Maybe Zaire is taller. He measured better. But I just don't see that big of a gap between those two. And Boston looked good. I mean, he had 20 points or 22 points or something like that in his uh, in his debut. I'm a fan. I think that the Clippers got a steal there. And if they can, you know, just kind of develop him. And, and I mean, I think this will be a developmental year then I think that, uh, like I said, they got to steal. Whenever Kawhi comes back, they'll have some some young players that have some experience. And I guess we've been saying this for like the last three years. But the Clippers are definitely a contender if they can stay healthy, which is easier said than done. Um, Trey Murphy has been impressive. He had 20 points, 6 rebounds, 6 of 9 from 3. It's going to be hard to keep him off the bench. It's going to be hard to keep him keep him on the bench. I'm sorry. Um, New Orleans has some interesting decisions to make as far as, as their rotation. But Trey Murphy has been impressive from summer league to so far what I've seen in preseason. Could be a sleeper pick for rookie of the year. And could be in position to be first team all rookie. Davion Mitchell, who has been playing well from... You know, just from summer league to so far what I've seen in preseason, he had 13 points, four assists, three of three from three. And also when I was at Baylor, I had a chance to talk to one of their coaches. And I had mentioned to him, like, you know, the whole chatter about Mitchell's shooting last year was such a big uptick, was an outlier season. And my theory behind it was the way he was shooting pull-ups off the dribble the confidence that he was letting those shots fly tells me that those were shots that he really worked on and put in the time. And I know it's his college coach, so I know he's not going to, you know, he's probably going to be a little bit biased. But one of the things that he told me, he was like, no, he absolutely put in the time and put in the work on his jump shot. The numbers are legit. They're not just an outlier season. He did say, of course, now nah, he's going to have to adjust to the NBA line. But he was just raving about his work ec- work ethic and the time that he put in to improve his jump shot. So 
I'm um, looking forward to seeing how that translates. But I don't, I don't think he'll he'll have a problem. Uh, Evan Mobley, eight points, twelve rebounds, two blocks. Mobley has struggled in scoring with efficiently. I mean, dating back to summer league, I just think that he's he's got to get stronger. I mean, he just has struggled scoring, um, but he's been able to rebound and. I mean, I think he's just more of a long-term prospect than someone that is come, going to come in and contribute and put up big numbers right away. Sharif Cooper was impressive with 9 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists in 17 minutes. Atlanta got uh, just a ridiculous steal in Sharif Cooper. I would love to find out why his stock dropped so far. Um, he was someone that a lot of people thought was going to be a first-round pick, and he ended up falling far. So Atlanta just... Between making good decisions in the draft and good trades and a little bit of, of of luck, I mean, they're in position to where they have great talent, they have great depth, and they are in position to whatever disgruntled superstar wants to leave his team, they can make, I mean, they can make a play for him. They have the resources to make a trade to get whoever... Uh, Bradley Bill is the one I think would be the most interesting. I don't like, you know, people talking about Ben Simmons to Atlanta. I think that doesn't make sense. Dame doesn't necessarily make sense, but Brad Bill does. And if the Wizards are looking to rebuild, Atlanta has the pieces to where I, I think a trade could could happen. I mean, got to figure out how to match the salaries up. So you got to throw in a couple, you know, players that are making big money there, but. Atlanta's future is bright, and it's funny because at this time last year, I think people were 50-50 on whether who had won. You know, I mean, Trey Young and Luka Doncic are always going to be compared to each other, but I think most people would have felt like Dallas's future was brighter. They got the better end of the trade, but now it looks like it's changed totally. All right, well, that wraps up this episode but before i leave thank you again for making locked on nba draft your first listen of the day now make your second listen locked on fantasy basketball josh lloyd hosts the number one numero uno number one and it's legit number one it's just not something that i'm saying because we're on the same network but it is the number one fantasy basketball show on the planet it is free and it is available on all platforms. Josh is coming to you from Australia. Hopefully one day I can make it out there. I, I've only been out to Australia, I, I guess technically for a few hours. I spent more time in New Zealand, but I'd love to get out to Australia and talk some fantasy basketball with, with Josh in person. But yeah, please check out Locked on fantasy draft with josh lloyd again the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world you know like if you listen to friday they say was it top flight security in the world or of the world yes of the world so anyway thanks again for listening this is Raphael locked on nba draft i am out <laughs>